and a world of questions. Two nerds with microphones. Make, Make up, up the, the answers. answers and discuss the intersection of faith and everyday life. This is Kelly. This is Adam. And welcome to the podcast. Yay! Yay! This week's episode, Mordor Fun Park. Part dun, 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 three. Final. Final part. The final battle. <laughs> the final countdown. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Dude, my voice is not working today. That was, uh, yeah, I award us no points. May God have mercy Yo, on our souls. We had so much fun in the first two episodes that we were both incapacitated and we were not able to record the third one last week. Sorry we missed y'all. We're uploading a week late. I was just going to pretend like nothing had happened. <laughs> what do you mean? You... You added a whole week in between. Let's do the time warp again. Yeah. yeah. We were kidnapped That's... by aliens. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> the eagles, Sam. The eagles. <laughs> oh, they took my kidneys. You know, at some point today, we have to discuss the how it should have ended ending for Lord of the Rings. Oh, Man, can that. you imagine what it would have been like if we had walked? <laughs> yeah, someone might have died. <laughs> All right. Part three. Part three. Rewind. Ricky, Rewind. Ricky, Ricky. Gandalf is dead, and all you have left is a gardener named Sam. <laughs> so we're talking about hope. <laughs> <laughs> and a gardener named Sam. A gardener named Sam. Like, so to recap, for those of you who are still with us after our one-week hiatus, Mordor Fun Park Part one, we talked about what happens when you're going through difficult things and you lose someone. And part two, you're still, you're still going through it. And you don't have the Gandalf in your life, that mentor, that person who has the answers, who provides you with a, a sense of things are going to work out all right. And all you're left with is a com you don't have a mentor anymore, but you have a companion. And the importance of having companions on the road in this journey of life. And so that's part of our rewind. And we're also acknowledging, you know, we're not all of us. No, we're all not okay. But I think the thrust of the past couple of episodes has been, it, not that it's okay to not be okay, but that in the midst of not being okay, it's important to, to seek and to remember that we're not having to be alone. Yeah, because if you're alone, you turn into Gollum. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> Filthy little thieves. You're going to hear a lot of that today, y'all. Uh, deal with it. <laughs> It's true. We are going to have a, a golem off at the end. Golem off. And, and uh, my voice is kind of shot because of my soccer game last night. But uh, without sounding incredibly arrogant, my golem is way better than Adam's golem. You know what I love is that Kelly always starts these competitions by making excuses. <laughs> Dude, you underwhelm and then you over-deliver. Come on, man. <laughs> you under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah, we're going to have a great podcast for you. Just kidding. It might be mediocre, and then it's awesome. <laughs> on today's final episode of The Cross Culture. It's been fun, everybody. Adam and I have had creative differences, and we're breaking up. 
we're all not okay, but we do not have to walk alone in our not okayness. So here's here's kind of where we pick it up this week, right? Where do we go once we leave the safe places, right? So we we did Galadriel, we did her kind of selfish bit without meaning to be selfish, but actually being selfish. Um, and so the and I think that uh, to quote the movie that shall not be named, uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's dangerous to go outside your front door. Ah, oh. right. Um, one of my other favorite quotes for you video game nerds out there, the legend of Zelda, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. And some weird old wizard guy in a cave that doesn't get named hands you a sword so you can go hack things up. Um, but essentially like Frodo and Sam, cause this is, I think more in line with this first part of the conversation is, um, danger comes to them. Mm-hmm. And the world goes from Eden to it's now dangerous. And then as they leave their home, it becomes more dangerous. Uh, Every step, and this is one of the things I love about Tolkien's writing, um, excuse me, is there's this really wonderful thing he does is the longer they progress that overwhelming feeling of there's more danger, there's more at stake that the like progresses as they progress. Yeah. It doesn't get better. It gets darker. Right. And spoiler alert, like at the end, it kind of gets better and then it gets way worse. And then it gets better like at the end and end. But there's this overwhelming feeling of it's more and more dangerous the longer they progress on their journey. Correct. And, you know, we talked about a little bit about where they went from Lothlorien and how they, um, the breaking of the fellowship and Frodo getting in the boat and saying, I'm going to Mordor alone. <laughs> of course you are, and I'm coming with you. <laughs> it's exactly how I envisioned and heard Sam's voice. <laughs> yeah, he's very high pitched. I don't care what's Sean, Sean Aston, you did it wrong. Um, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> but things go, you know, they, they, they end up, we didn't talk about this, but they, they end up meeting this creature, Gollum, who had the ring before Frodo, and Frodo gets to see the impact the ring had on him. And they have, they have adventures that get darker and darker, and eventually they're captured by men, and I complain men. to men. <laughs> men. Um, stupid men. Stupid faces. <laughs> I complained a little bit about Faramir and how I didn't care as much for movie Faramir as I did book Faramir. Because book Faramir um, is way better. Is, yeah, he's, he's, he's more noble. He's like, of course I don't want the ring. It, they wasted his performance, too. I felt like he was a good cast choice, too. Oh, yeah. He was, no, he was a good actor. Yeah, no. Uh, David Wyndham was great. But uh, the... The movie, understandably, they you can't build up that this ring is all-encompassing evil and temptation, and it corrupts everybody, and then have a character go, no, I'm too holy. I mean, it doesn't work thematically. But where do they go when they have left? Because Faramir takes them to the city of Osgiliath under siege, and he, that's where he has his epiphany. Oh, wait, no, I can't do this. And he turns back from the darkness. He turns from the dark side to the light. And he they let, have cookies. <laughs> they have cookies. He lets the hobbits go. 
Yep. And they're following Gollum up the secret stair into Mordor. And how often has it felt like, you know, I, I, I think one of the things I love that, that Tolkien does is it's clear that they are going from, you know, even thematically, the light changes and gets darker and darker and darker. The more they, the, 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 the more they're traveling. And I think sometimes in our lives, we don't have those markers necessarily. Like, when, when tragedy strikes, when loss happens or grief or, or traumatic events occur, it's not like, you know, we wake up that morning and the skies are, are gray and, and foreboding and you're like, uh-oh, I've left the Shire. <laughs> you know, very often it feels like a normal everyday day. The, the, the signposts aren't out saying danger ahead all the time. That's why they call them accidents. <laughs> <laughs> Way to kill the moment, Kelly. Uh, yeah, and... But to your point, right? And so I, I love the the image of Faramir, right? Um, book Faramir is infinitely better than the movie Faramir. But but for the sake of whichever medium you've consumed, right? If not both, mm-hmm. uh, and if not both, why? Where where um, where I part of the reason I like book Faramir better than movie Faramir is because um, Faramir picks up. Frodo and Sam in the middle of their grief, mm-hmm. which is an interesting. Actually, Book Fairy does Book Fairy pick them up before or after they encounter Gollum? After, after, right? Yeah. So, so they're in the middle of navigating that really complicated relationship, um, needing a guide and and all that jazz. And um, but they're in the middle of their grief, and and Faramir represents a shining arc in the midst of all of this crap that they're currently dealing with. So like, I love the thing in the notes you wrote here was like walking through this pain. And so they, um, they're literally in the middle of it's not gotten better. It's getting worse with every step they're taking. And they're also having to grieve this really difficult thing. Um, and Faramir in a way, in my opinion is Gandalf like, which yeah. is pretty interesting, right? Because Gandalf is this really stellar character. Um, but Faramir comes in as the only person in the Fellowship, I think, that gets introduced into the story besides Aragorn and Gandalf that just completely, utterly reject the ring and have no issue with it. Yeah. Legolas, I mean, is I know he was beautiful and he was Orlando Bloom in the movies, oh. but he doesn't play as significant a role. He's not like a main, main character in, in the movies, or the book, in sorry. The book, yeah. And Gimli as well. Gimli yeah. is, therefore, um, representation of all of Middle-earth, right? And, and, <laughs> and plays like the uh, side character, right? Him and, him and Legolas are playing more side characters. And so Aragorn has an encounter, I think, with the ring, with Frodo. Gandalf also says no. Uh, Galadriel does the... Uh, I'm tempted, I'm tempted. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um, and then Faramir comes in strategically after Aragorn has let them go, which is a positive thing. Um, but, but Faramir represents more of the absolutely not, 
I will not take it. What do you need from me? Yeah. As a matter of fact, in the book, Faramir says, do not even show it to me. Mm-hmm. If this ring, if this thing, because he won't even call it the ring. Yep. If this thing were lying on the ground and only I could save my city by claiming it, I would not even cross the road for it. Yeah. So it's, it, it represents a, a positive. So I, I think just for context and coloring of the conversation we're having and the conversation we've been having is um, sometimes a grieving process or not being okay isn't just utter spiraling out of control despair. There's also a rhythm and a flow to that of there's bright spots on that journey as well. So uh, as we're contextualizing that and coloring that, don't please don't also the imagery you're painting as you're listening to this is not everything's doom and gloom and terrible all the time. You can still be having a really difficult time and it, it can have moments of light and, and levity to it as well. Right. Um, which is why we laugh so much at Sam. Right. I'm going to Mordor alone. I'm pouting mine. And then Sam's like, I'm coming with you. Like a golden retriever. Like, <laughs> I can't even swim. Huh? <laughs> Guess what, Frodo? Either you let me drown or I get in the boat. Um, so, so, yes, levity, right? Like, mm-hmm. there can be laughter. There can be joy. It, it doesn't mean that you're just pl- you've just plummeted into this overwhelming darkness and that's all you know. Um, or you might just be in a... a overwhelming darkness and and you're wearing the ring instead of like keeping it around your neck right take it off take it off the ring no and i think even one of the scenes in the movie that i thought was incredibly powerful uh in return of the king is when frodo and sam are are walking and suddenly the clouds break and the sun shines through and ray of sunlight hits on the the statue that was one of the former kings of of Gondor that the, the orcs had torn down and you see that there are flowers growing from the ruin and right. Sam says look the king has his crown again and so I think that's important for people walking through pain to to look for little glimmers of hope and light well and and the payoff of walking through pain is um, and this is also why it's so critically important to not just walk a, walk through pain, but to walk through pain with someone or other people, and arguably from our perspective in your faith, is that um, I would suggest as you're walking through pain, either God will use other people or God will show up and, and show you, but your path, even in the darkness at times, will be marked with flowers or signposts, right, of this is the right way. Mm-hmm. You are you are moving in a positive and a good direction. Um, that's not to say that if you're in a season of you're not okay and it's just dark and you haven't had that yet. But the but the motivator of working through pain is the hope that it will get better. You're not like I'm going to work through pain to experience more pain and then more pain and all all, all everything is is pain. But Life that's like is pain, princess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is that. Uh, you're right, like, the king has this crown again, and there's all kinds of other imagery there. But for me, like, in the context of our conversation, it's a, it's literally a beacon yeah. of this is the way, right? You are going in the right direction. Uh, so now let's talk about challenges on the road to Mordor. Let's talk about Gollum's backstory, because one of my favorite exchanges, uh, and you can go first— but the one I want to talk about is Gollum and Frodo. I'm sorry, Gandalf and Frodo 
watching Gollum climb up the, the ladder. Oh, yeah. And when they're in the mines of Moria. In the mines of it. Moria. So um, Frodo has this disgust. Now, I don't know contextually if this is also because he's jealous over the ring and knows that Gollum wants it. Mm, good, good pickup. Which I've never like really explored. But Frodo had like doesn't like him and suggests to Gandalf, like, why don't we just kill him? It's a pity Bilbo didn't kill him when he had the chance. Right. And that's not a you man, like you feel bad, whatever. It's like Frodo is making a judgment on his life. This is like one of the only times, I think, in, in the entirety of Frodo's character where we see this side of him. Right. Like, like this is a serious, y'all, like, like this is a serious thing where Frodo is passing the judgment of Gollum should have died, mm-hmm. right? And Gandalf says, uh, quote it, pity, it was pity that stayed Bilbo's hands. Do not be so quick to deal out death and judgment. Which is the only part, in my opinion, that the Hobbit movies gets okay. Yeah. Is where Bilbo has the ring on and he's still in, in the mines, right? Mm-hmm. Or in the cave, wherever they're at. And Gollum is frantically searching for the ring and you see his face and he is just distraught and terrified and weak and scared and all of these things. And you see Bilbo, I love the actor that played Bilbo. He's just... He pities him. Like you can just, like you can hear Gandalf. Like if you've watched Lord of the Rings before, like you hear it. And and so what Gandalf says to, um, and Gandalf is also, I think at this point, is fully aware of Gollum, a.k.a. Smeagol's entire backstory. Yes, because book, book stuff here, Gandalf had actually captured Gollum. And as Gandalf says, I was not gentle with him. And and kind of wrung the truth out of him. Uh-huh. Now, lest people think that I am not the Lord of the Rings aficionado that I claim to be, <laughs> the full quote from Gandalf in the Mines is, There are many who have died who deserved life, and some who live who deserve death. Do you have the power to give it to them, Frodo? Do not be so quick to deal out death in judgment. So there's this wonderful, this wonderful picture here that happens where Frodo is one of the few times where he shows this weakness. And I wonder how much of that was the ring talking through him, right? And how much of that is his own personality mm-hmm. or him just being young, whatever, naive. Um, but we see this where Gollum is, uh, the, the problem with Gollum's character and story right is that uh he has not gone the way that frodo is going uh gollum walked this entire path alone alone yeah frodo's a little spoiled here frodo's a little bit for for me i think the 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 opening of the return of the king movie was so incredibly powerful because it starts with Gollum before he's Gollum. Yeah, that's a brutal scene, man. It is so heart-wrenching because you get to see 
Gollum as Smeagol. And you get to see who he was and what he was. And you get to see what the ring does to people. And and Tolkien had said, and I believe also, that the character of Gollum is really the representation of the consequence of sin. This is what it does to us. It ravages our bodies and our souls and our identities. Yeah, and and I think um, from a from a spiritual context of um, how I contextualize uh, grace, right, and and how we are to as believers like view the world and who is worthy of salvation, who is not. See, it's kind of like quoting or bending into uh, Gandalf, right? Is uh, who. Uh, which one of us is not capable of great evil yeah. in our sin, right? Who, who, which one of us do we get to look at ourselves and, and egotistically or arrogantly put ourselves above other people? Like, not only is that, like, uh, really uh, inappropriate and, and unproductive, it's anti-gospel. Because Jesus' response to sinners is to come— from a regal position of power and authority and to use that as a position in a place of servitude and to lift up those who are weaker and less powerful than himself. And so Gollum and Frodo are these really interesting contrasts, right, of um, Gollum is the epitome of the struggle of being enslaved to something that we cannot conquer in our own power, and Frodo is the epitome of struggling through something in community. Mm. And then the payoff is you win. Yeah. Right? And, and there's all other kinds of spiritual connotations throughout the books, and that's kind of like an overgeneralization of their characters. But I, I do think it's really important as a believer to understand... Gandalf's take on Gollum is the correct one, in my opinion, in line with Jesus and the Gospels, which is um, none of us are better than the other. Right. And we do not get to sit here and look at other people's difficulties or what they've done um, and hold that... and hold that against them in the sense of they are now unworthy of redemption and salvation. And what's even more point, like on point about that is Gandalf knows exactly what Gollum and or Smeagol has done. Right. And I think also we, we, we get to see that, that relationship played out again mm-hmm. through the lens of Frodo and Sam. Mm-hmm. And Frodo understands, Frodo changes his perspective and he starts to understand, but he understands from a different perspective than Gandalf. Gandalf understands from the angelic, spiritual, purity mm, sp- perspective. Frodo understands from someone who is walking the road that Gollum walked. So Frodo understands from the perspective of having, like, I've dealt with this temptation. I know what this thing is doing. I, it is impacting me. And, and Sam is, is, is in Frodo's shoes from the beginning of, 
the outsider looking at with judgment and scorn something that he doesn't fully understand and what is, what is the character of Gollum. Yeah, Sam's also informed and colored by his love and his devotion to his friend. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, this would be really fun to do on another podcast, as we do a deep dive into um, how much do we think Sam's overall hatred of Gollum is tied up into his terror of thinking Frodo's going to turn out the same way. Mm. Right, because it's, it's um, I, I don't know about anybody else, but there's times, right, where um, if you've overcome something or someone you know has succumbed to something, being around something similar to that reminds you of their, their like, it's scary. Yeah. Right, and, and Gollum is a living, breathing, walking reminder of what's at stake. And to further the point, um, two things. One, I can't imagine it was pleasant to be around him. Like, the way he's described in the books is really gross. Yeah. And probably doesn't smell super good. And he's really creepy and, and weird and talks in the third person and, like... Eats rabbits like Like, was it was a hobbit and that's communicated the same note? Like, right? Yeah. So there's all these things that are like... I don't even recognize what that... That's a creature. That's not a, that's not a thing, a person or a being, right? And then secondly... um. As Sam is walking with Frodo, Sam changes as well because the Frodo that he got in the boat with is not the one that is currently he's not currently walking with. Yeah. Frodo has changed a lot. He he starts to become corrupted by the ring. Right. Yeah. The final mile. Where do we find lights in that? Darkness? Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no worries. The, the the selfish lady gave us one. <laughs> I still submit that Galadriel's not wholly selfish, but I'm just no, bitter. And, 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 and Galad, this is where I think Galadriel's wisdom and parting gift is is so incredibly important. If she hadn't given them this this little little bottle of it's called the light of Elendil, um, their most beloved star. And you have to read the the whole of... of uh, so I'm going to dive into exactly how deep my nerddom for Lord of the Rings goes. Nerd alert, nerd alert. Meh, meh. In the Silmarillion, there are these magic jewels that are literally used to light the entire world, and they're called Silmarils. And one of they 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 end up all getting stolen by the satan character morgoth who by the way is sauron's boss it's a whole other dynamic like you like in lord people who've only ever seen lord of the rings like oh sauron is the ultimate bad guy nope actually not even close no he's like the lieutenant morgoth was more powerful and scarier and more evil oh in every way and then there was Ungoliant, who was even worse than Shelob and worse than, than Sauron. Ungoliant is a giant spider, need I say more? Who eats light. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Eats and, these crystals. <laughs> and spins out webs of darkness. But these crystals get stolen. Eventually, there's this big war. Elves doesn't go well. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They have to call in the angels. <laughs> call the eagles. Caca. <laughs> Caca. And basically the, the, the Silmarils are lost, but the Elendil is the one elf human 
Um, his, 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 his parents are, are both one's a human, one's an elf. And so his, he travels to the undying lands, to the elf, to the angels to basically get help. And he's given this flying ship. And so he care, he's given the last of the Silmarils and he's circling the skies with it. And so somehow Galadriel ends up with some of the light from this jewel and that fragment is what she gives to Frodo, mm-hmm. and it is that which drives off Shelob, uh, the the spider that captures Frodo. And Sam uses this this bottle of light to drive her out. What a fantastic scene! Mm. As Frodo is trying to, where he realizes Gollum's betrayal, yeah, and he's trying to get through the webs, and gets through the first couple. And gets out and gets to the cliff, right? He gets out of it, right? And then you know it's coming. Yeah. And for me, I think for y'all who suffer with things like depression or anxiety, um, and for those of you who don't, uh, I think this is a fantastic representation. If you if you know somebody or care about somebody who struggles with depression and anxiety, and they're very different things, okay? I'm not trying to lump them together. But the process of your work and your tirelessness and how it doesn't get better and it still gets you no matter how hard you're trying, this is a really good artistic representation of how to understand somebody you care about and what they're dealing with. Yeah. Because Frodo gets this moment of of relief and then he gets stabbed in the stomach by Shelob and then he's going to be eaten like drained alive like right like it's and so people who like struggle through these things at times no matter how hard they work no matter how hard they try no matter how hard they fight it still gets them on the back end yeah yeah so anyway so then the 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 light sam goes and then he like oh it's great it's great his 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 Kalima, uh, his montage is fantastic. It's beautiful. I, I love that they gave that to him too. Like I was like, you gotta have that on screen. That's gotta be, and it's it's really it's one of the most powerful scenes in the book. Yeah, I I, I would have liked to see him trick the 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 orcs and goblins to fight each other though. That that part's cool, and he kills a couple. He kills a couple. Yeah, but for him to for him to um, what's the joke? Right, get you get you a man who looks at you the way that he looks at this, like get you a friend who like fights gigantic freaking spiders on your behalf. Like get you, get you, a, get you somebody like that. <laughs> That's what you need friends. That's right. Right. Absolutely. And because of that, they, they, they have like, I love that. That's not the end of their journey though. Right? Like the giant spider in the horrible, scary mountain is not the end. They still have to go through the entire plane of Mordor. But wait, it gets worse. There's more. And then they go up, and then they get through that, and there's the final mile. Where Frodo is just, I mean, he's spent. He's got nothing, and this is why you need companions on the journey. What, what, is, what does he say to him? What does Sam say to him? That I'll carry you? I can't carry it for you, but right. I can carry you. And then they fight Gollum because <laughs> Gollum oh, yeah. apparently is still there. And then in the books, does Gollum bite his finger off? Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, uh, I love, by the way, so spoiler alert, we're going to 
we're gonna move through that mile a little bit faster. But I love in the movie how uh, Frodo's like, no, I'll keep it. I'm like, he's Eldor, no! Uh, yes. <laughs> but Gollum gets the ring, falls into the pit, and has this elation because he has the ring. And, and what I love what Jackson did here because he doesn't get the ring. It never even gets on his finger. No. But it starts to as he's in the lava. Mm-hmm. And there's this moment of clarity on his face and how they portrayed the actor, right, Andy Serkis, um, that uh, it wasn't what he wanted it to be. Right. Like, there's this moment of clarity of, like, oh, this killed me. Like, it's, oh, this is not good. Like, and my pursuit of this thing that was destroying me and I should have hated anyway. Uh, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm on fire. And he doesn't scream or anything. But there is that moment of, and I, and I love that imagery when it comes to things like our understanding of sin, is uh, whether people are believers or not. I've talked to many a person who they got the thing that they so coveted. And that moment of clarity comes and it's not what they thought it would be. Yeah. The payoff is not there. In fact, it's worse. Um, so that's fantastic. Yeah. No, totally. And, you know, for me, one of the gr- most powerful things in that scene, and I'm so glad they kept it true to the books in the movie. So often in movies, you know, it's the hero has to overcome and, and the hero triumphs. Frodo doesn't triumph. Oh, Frodo fails. He gets to the literal last step and fails. And that's where some would call it fate. Some would call it... uh, Destiny. Destiny. Happenstance. We look and we're like, Jesus? (laughs) That's where God steps in because... The faithfulness to get to the precipice was what was required. From the beginning, the quest was to take the ring back to Mount Doom and cast it into the fire. It was put on Frodo to take it to Mount Doom. They expected Gandalf or Aragorn or one of the heroes to cast it into the fire. Right. That's why they made the fellowship, where Frodo wasn't going by himself. Yes. Um, and so uh, something I love about the imagery and how I read into this with Frodo, right, is, um, you know, there's this weird thing we do. I say we. I'll just say me. That I do when it comes to things like sin, right, where... For whatever reason, I know the story. I know how it goes. Yeah. I know that sin is bad and it kills me. And ooh, fire hot! Like <laughs> right, sin bad. Jesus sin, good. Details sin bad. Inside. Jesus good. Details inside. Right. Um, I know the, the the scripture stories of like, hey, God like says do this, and I go no, and then like wonderful things happen. No, death and dying and horrible things and plagues and and all this stuff. This bad stuff happens right as a consequence of those things, and. The solution is provided. 
and Frodo gets to the literal finish line, and the only thing he has to do is just drop it in. And it's such fantastic imagery that in my own power, at the end of myself, I will always be found wanting. And that might sound super negative, and it might sound like, what are you saying? I'm saying is because at that moment, the clarity that comes is that I wasn't created to do this by myself. I was not created to be self-sufficient and to be able to accomplish things on my own power and my own authority and my own person. I need relationship with God to be empowered to do these things. And Frodo comes to the end of himself and can't do it. So someone else has to help him. And with a little help from uh, Gollum, <laughs> of all people, right? Gollum. And yeah. Gollum doesn't like willingly go, yeah, let me dive in the volcano. No. Uh, they fight mm-hmm. with Sam. And, yep. and, and uh, it's like Sam is trying to fight both of them at the same time, which is fantastic. Um, but I love that imagery because I think it's so important where um, I think we have this weird... Um, we see Mountain Doom. We see the volcano. We see ourselves failing the task. And I, maybe I'm like trivializing this and like messing with a holy and sacred thing, but I see Jesus as like, yeah, bro, give me the thing. <laughs> like, I got it. <laughs> like, no, like, I, like, give me, give me the thing. And so Jesus shows up and is like, yeah, cool, cool, good job. <laughs> like, I got it from here. <laughs> like, that's exactly how I read it is, you know, someone call it providence, but. I believe that, and, and this is an encouragement for people who, who are going through difficult things, yeah. who are going through struggles, when we get to the end of our strength, and our strength is not enough, because it won't be, it's never dependent upon our strength anyway. Yeah, we, we were not, um, and it's the megaphone, right? Yeah. Quoting you from earlier. Pain is the me- is the God's megaphone to rouse a sleeping world. Frodo comes to the end of himself and is painfully aware that on his own he is inadequate. Yep. And um, in a perfect world, right, Frodo would have been like willingly submitted going, Sam, here you go. Throw it in. <laughs> right? Ta-da. Ta-da. But, but for us in a, in a season of um, not being okay, right, and, and being aware of that and you know, coming to the end of Mordor Fun Park, part three, right? Um, Is this idea uh, that we can look at this and coming to the end of ourselves as weakness and as negativity and as bad, or maybe your pain is trying to tell you something. Maybe your strength is failing, and maybe uh, what God has been trying to tell you to do or what God is trying to help you in or what God is trying to get you to pay attention to is, hey, you're like not okay. Stop pretending like you're fine. And um, and it takes that exhaustion. It takes that pain for us to take a step back and go, oh, man, you're right, God. Like, I'm really not, I'm really not okay right now. And for whatever reason, instead of being willing to give this up now, 
I wanted to wait till I was literally in Mount Doom getting my finger bit off <laughs> by a really disgusting stringy-haired creature thing that wears a diaper. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, loincloth. Uh, loincloth. Same thing. Uh, but but it is that um, we come to the end of ourselves, and at that moment, I think is met with. Uh, it can be met with elation. Now I don't know how. I don't remember in the books how. Frodo response to once the ring is destroyed. In the and it's similar to the book to the movie. There's relief. There's I remember Sam. I remember the Shire. I remember the party tree and the taste of strawberries and the smell of flowers. Jesus says to he's preaching and he says, Come to me all who are weary. And I will give you rest. Um, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light, which is has a double meaning to it, right? <laughs> but that is the, um, I think Frodo's imagery to me, at least, speaks to um, how much of this was I supposed to walk, and how much of this did I walk that I didn't need to mm-hmm. before I gave this up. And the payoff, right, is the relief of, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, God does love me. And God's love for me and sustainability in that is not reflective of the circumstance or my performance or this, like, looking around the world that's literally losing its ever-loving mind and is super broken and bad and da 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 all the things, right, is, oh, I can rest in this. There's peace here. There's joy here. There's comfort here. There's sustainability here. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully, as we progress, right, I'm, I'm hopeful that the next walk we take isn't all the way to Mount Doom. Maybe it's halfway. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and then, you know, and, and this is, I think this is, gonna, this is my final point. Uh, this is something that was left out of the movies mm. that was so important in the book. And I'm, I'm sad that they left this out of the movies. Now, I consider the Lord of the Rings movies to be the greatest film adaptation ever. But it's not perfect. And that's because you're, you can't do it perfectly, I don't believe. But yeah. what they left out was the scouring of the Shire. Mm. In the books, they do all this work to protect their homeland, and they come back in Saruman... Uh, didn't die like he did in the movies. Didn't die like he did in the movies, and he he led bad guys into the 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 Shire, and it's and he's he's cut down their trees, and he's churned up their land, and he's polluted their water, and he's just made it a dingy, awful place. And they have to fight to reclaim home, and I think that w- my final thought is that. After you've gone through trauma, after you've gone through the hard time, after you've gone through the we're not okay journey, mm-hmm. even when you come back home, it's not going to be the same. You don't get to go back to the same home. It's a different home. You have you have a different reality to return to. Before my closing thought, I want to add to that. So one of the things that's so hard, right, and this goes back to the the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is... I think the blessing, but the hard, the hard part of being a believer is as you begin to see the world the way that God sees it, 
Because that's the promise, right? The promise is we, we, we want our hearts to break for the things that break God's heart, but we also want to see things the way that God sees them, right? They're redeemable. They have worth. They have value. Um, is you now have awareness. So if you have a familial context, especially in the holidays, or you have places of pain or trauma that you are walking through, you now have a perspective of something has harmed you. And you're working through that. Um, so don't put the lofty expectation on yourself that you get to go back to something or into something or you're around something and you're going to see it the same way. That's not true. Second point on that is um, I love that they come at that from a position of strength. Because right. the hobbits run Saruman out of the Shire. Yeah. The hobbits, the the, the four foot five... <laughs> Three foot eight. Sorry. <laughs> 71st birthday. Like with their little toothpick knives. Like, but they, because of the journey they've been on and what they've struggled through and what they've been delivered from, they come here in a position of strength, which is one of the reasons that, that I wish that was in the movie because that payoff is the proof. It's not, it doesn't end with Aragorn getting crowned king and everything's wonderful. Yay! Like Liv Tyler makes her third cameo in the movies. Um, but the hobbits have grown and matured and haven't been corrupted by the world, but they have grown. And the proof or the fruit of that growth is we live here, you don't, and you don't get to stay. Get out. And then they drive him out, which is... Saruman's like second in power only to Gandalf, which is a whole other like. <laughs> okay. Uh, my my closing thought. Um, man, it's a three part series. I gotta like round my thoughts together. Uh, God is a God of in and through. Um, God's love for us does not rush us through our healing, but moves us into healing. Healing looks a lot like the last mile of Mordor at times. It's scary. It's dark. We learn things about ourselves like, I love God, except over here. Um, I think I'm a good person, except over here. Um, and... My, my encouragement is in a season where we're pro- none of us can be completely okay, probably, is that um, walk your Mordor, find community to walk it with, and know and know and know deep down that what you're walking towards has relief at the end. There is light, it, it, there is a payoff, and it is coming. Keep, keep, keep walking. I promise you'll get there. And I'm going to leave us with a quote from Frodo to Sam. You cannot always be torn in two. You will have to be one and whole for many years. You have so much to enjoy and to be and to do. Amen, brother. This is Kelly. This is Adam. We'll catch you on the next one.